Yo, yo, what's up, y'all? This is DMC in a place to be, the greatest MC in history. And the only place for me to ever be is right here with Spawn on Me. Rock! What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Spawn on Me podcast. We are in episode 266, that 266 zone, and I am one of your co-hosts, the one and only Stubby Stan, a.k.a. Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. the Baron of Bourbon, a.k.a. Sneezes. He's in the building, and I can't do this party uh, all alone. I've got to have my brothers with me. Well, the great captain. Kajakins, Khalif Adams is still stuck in the haze of the Game Awards. Uh, Jeff Keeley's got him uh, composing music for uh, next year's show. Uh, <laughs> but instead of not having Ka, let's talk about what we do have here, which is the cat who's in the frozen tundra beyond of the wall. The king beyond the wall himself, the one who makes Froze look good, makes tutoring look good, he makes math look good, the one and the only, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How you doing today, sir? Good. Good, man. Uh, we are beyond the wall, but we're still good people. Yeah. We're still good people. Um, you know, we, 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 we don't need uh, Night's Watch coming over, trying to disrupt our lifestyle. You know, hey, so, hey, uh, yeah, yeah. we out here chilling. Nah, you know, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, they got some new visitors. They want to come and give you, uh, give you some lessons from the old gods. You know, uh, they, they, even though you're shooting the arrows at them, they, they think that the devil is still there, and they're, uh, they're still trying to come in, there. Uh, I forgot the name of the place. Hard home, hard horn, hard home. Uh, the the. The well, I don't want. Well, there, there, there might be listeners that are not that don't want to be spoiled on Game of Thrones. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, but it was a very important section north of the wall that got attacked. Oh, yes, and that is true. Maybe my favorite episode of Yo, uh, that episode the whole was dope. series. That episode was dope. Uh, um, that episode was incredible. Yeah, uh, I think it was Hard Home. I think. Um. Uh, yeah. So uh, we we uh, we basically just need more Game of Thrones in our lives. Um, that's oh, really that's, yeah that's kind of that's kind of what it's coming back in april it's coming back I in april for the for the yeah. final time yeah for the final time uh it's a sad sad thing but let's talk about joy let's talk about joy um the first joy is uh you guys coming back and checking out uh our episode where we gave our impressions of the game awards i know that we weren't there live to watch it with you um but uh kyle was there live and we got uh great impressions from every from all of that stuff so i uh, really appreciate the fact that uh everybody tuned in and checked that out um but let's talk about now or, or at least basically um one of the things that really that popped off in the game awards were lots of game announcements and uh one of the companies that was um prominent in the game announcements and the uh i i guess best commercials of the night <laughs> would be uh the house that mario built the uh, the one and only nintendo 
who had all of these very like they had these like slyly made uh covert smash brothers uh commercials where the first one you thought it was like animal crossing they were announcing a new animal crossing game and it was just like oh no animal crossing players are, are now in smash so uh smash it up um so super smash brothers ultimate is out and um i know that i don't have it because i don't have a switch but reef you have a switch uh you didn't get it because you know you don't like smash (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i did get it um i did get it you know i wasn't a smash fan for a while though um Mm -hmm. um because i i i I never had a game uh, no well I, i never got it on the n64 right um, cause N64, that era is kind of like when I kind of transitioned into PC gaming and kind of left console gaming for like a decade. Right. Wow. So I like never got it on the N64. I never had a GameCube, so I never got into Melee, which everyone loved. Right. Um, so I never really played it until the Wii, the Wii version. Uh, and then I played it on the Wii U and the 3DS, which I was excited about. So... I'm always looking forward to it, but it's not like one of my major, major franchises. I like watching it at like Evo and uh, that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but one thing I love about it more than the actual game, honestly, is like the levels and the music. Yes. Yes. They have these fantastic remixed versions of old themes, and they have very creative levels based on, you know, the 60, 60 different characters in the game. Um, you know, and speaking of the characters in the game, uh, one of the big frustrations I've seen from a lot of folks, and this is something that's common for every every Smash game, but it always, uh, always, always is like a repeated, is that you have to unlock every uh, most characters. So you start with I think about ten, right? Um, and like every three or four games, you have to fight one of the characters that you haven't unlocked yet, and if you win, it like unlocks that like that that. Um, that like character. So of course people are like, Hey, they should just either unlock everyone from the start. Or like, if you want to play with a second player, it should have everything unlocked because a lot of people are getting frustrated because they buy this game and they invite like their friends over and they can only play what like, you know, like this, you know, like, like the starter set. Um, And I can see people's frustrations. If you're like a, somebody that is already really into smash and like have your character. If they're not like a, one of the people that are um, already unlocked. I, I, I like the way that they do it in a way because it teaches you how to play the game and how to play different characters. Um, I can see it being frustrating though, because I'm not like an expert smash player by any means. So like, I don't really have like my characters or whatever. I kind of, just mess around with like everybody. Um, but aside from that, I mean, it looks phenomenal. The music is like great. Um, just playing the game in handheld mode. It's just amazing to like, it's like the switch has been out for a little while now and it's still amazing to see these like, you know, console quality games being played, um, you know, while you're at, at the coffee shop. Like I just, the other day I was at Starbucks, you know, I was waiting for, for a, uh, a, a, you know, for a, uh, client. Right. And, you know, I, I was a uh, playing smash and this dude just challenged me. <laughs> he just sat down said, I want a challenge. Oh, all right. And, and, and we played, but 
anyone that challenges you is going to dis- destroy you. Why? And oh, oh because destroyed. because he's just because <laughs> he's going to be that good. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. So yes. wait a minute. So but, question. So did you guys yeah, play up? on your like your switch or did he have his own switch and you guys played against each other that way? Pretty sure he had his own because he had a controller. Oh, okay. Oh, so he brought his controller over and you guys both played on your yeah, console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was I was like playing on the Joy Cons. Right. Um, which I normally use. Um and, and you know, he just he just synced up the controller and said, Yeah, let's let's oh, nice. Let's do it. Now there is a mode where I think you can play with one Joy Con each. Right. Okay. Um and it kind of works with Smash because you really only need like three two buttons. face buttons right. and uh and like block. You know, and, and that's pretty much it. Right. Um, but the Joy Cons are kind of, you know, they're they're tiny and kind of uncomfortable when you're using uh, one of them. Right. Um, but I'm really enjoying the game. The uh, single player mode, like like the World of Light, which is kind of an adventure mode where like basically everybody dies except Kyrie, mm-hmm. Kirby, uh-huh. and like he has to save everybody. Um, you know, there was this really dramatic. Uh, cinematic to the game of wars that literally shows everyone dying right <laughs> um and you have to watch th- that again i don't believe you can skip it the first time that you play um that's like really fun because like the like different kind of challenge modes it's like i'm not like standard matches there's like all kind of things like hey the entire level is on fire right. you know and like you have to fight this like character or or like everything's upside down and the controls are mixed up and that kind of stuff um so i'm pretty happy with it um you know uh it it is a smash game so if you haven't liked the previous ones in the past i don't think it'll change your mind it doesn't do anything remarkably different um it's kind of like playing a new street fighter game or a new mortal Kombat game like like you kind of have to like the core tenet of that game to like any other version of it um but i think it's really well done um Again, I can't say enough about the awesomeness of the music and the visuals. Um, they just do a really, really good job on something that they honestly could probably just mail it in and do kind of really basic versions of these levels. But they really, really um, – I'd be really curious actually to like hear if they – like if there's younger folks that are designing uh, some of the the uh, the levels because they're really dope but takes – on like a things from like not not only from like a Nintendo games but Sega games right. and like Capcom games yeah. and like Metal Gear you know all that kind Persona of stuff. Persona Five yeah I mean yeah, all of yeah. that stuff is there yeah it's crazy um yeah was, yeah and and like that was actually uh something that didn't leak like I didn't right. hear any leaks about this Persona Five yeah. thing until the game awards i don't know if like jeff Keeley had like people at gunpoint <laughs> um, because that stuff almost always leaks you right know? right um but yeah that that did not leak that uh, persona 5 and yeah that was big that was big uh so i i'm horrible at at uh smash uh like i i have no idea what i'm doing um i it i literally just mash buttons yeah. And uh, it is it is just uh, a painful experience for me outside of seeing all of the characters and, you know, kind of checking out the levels and uh, like, oh, what, you know, and just having frenetic fun. Um, but like, I you know, I wonder about uh, their decision to to lock off the characters even in multiplayer games and and like 
that is something that I wish I think I kind of side with those people that said, you know, hey, if I'm playing uh, the game in, in two player mode, then, yeah, give me all of the characters unlocked or at least give me, you know, most of the characters unlocked or whatever um, and, or and or allow me to uh, still gain that those same uh, tokens for the matches played while I'm playing in, you know, competitive mode as opposed to yeah. just doing it in the adventure mode. So I, you know, so ultimately I can unlock those characters faster. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I was thinking about what would be a compromise for me. And I think if they just had modes where they said, do this and you can unlock this character. Right. So that if you wanted a certain one, you could just select that challenge directly mm-hmm. and do it and like have that character. Because I understand why they don't want everything open in multiplayer because the main draw of smash is multiplayer. Right. Um, and I think that this is a way of like funneling people into doing some of the single player stuff. Um, but I think that if they said like, Hey, do this and you can unlock this like person, I think then like, you know, you could play for 20 minutes and unlock the people that you know that you use. Sure. Because if you're not a big smash player, I don't think it really matters that everyone isn't unlocked because you're fine with the, people that they have because you don't know what you're doing anyway right yeah i mean that's a fair Um, point now what i'm fear what i hope doesn't happen is you buy smash and then they have a ten dollar unlock all (laughs) fighters uh microtransaction in the similar way that you know that that battlefield and call of duty have those like unlock every gun attachment and weapon option uh, things. I hope that doesn't happen. It, to be it, honest, I kind of thought it would happen with this game. It, I thought that they would have that. If it sure. was, if it was any other company outside of Nintendo, then I would say yes. But Nintendo just doesn't operate that way. Yeah. I, I, well, I was surprised because they, they are selling a season pass for this game. Yeah, yeah. Because there's going to be a bunch um, of DLC bundles that they uh, they yeah. secured a, a shit ton of licensing agreements with all of these third party companies so they want to try and recoup that money via these via uh season passes and dlc packs and stuff like that so yep yeah 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 but uh yeah, yeah so yeah maybe you get that 99 dollars unlock every character right. <laughs> 99 bucks pay that shit yes and and you get, and you get like a fallout nylon bag or something like right that. Uh, yes. know, canvas bag right a canvas a canvas bag uh, <laughs> right, and five dollars in new in uh, pop caps. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Five dollars in uh, caps, right? Been uh, <laughs> in the game, so so yeah. I mean, if you have a Switch, Smash is a pretty easy recommendation, right. unless you absolutely absolutely hate it. Okay, um, because to Asi's point, I think it's fine even just to fuck around and just set the difficulty to easy sure. and just fuck around because it's still fun, right? You know, right. Um, j- just like to see all the animations and all the assist trophies and the special moves and everything is like super fun. Right. Um, uh, so yeah. yeah so uh, are there any more uh, switch recommendations, any more gaming recommendations from, from the, the master tutor? Uh, I mean, there's a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, you, you, you'd have to, to Narrow- filter it a bit. Uh, yeah, but, well, uh, anything new. I mean, the obvious anything, ones are the, huh? Anything new. That? That you that you want to that you want to tell the people about. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. So so um so so this isn't a Switch exclusive, but I've been playing this indie game called Paddlebox. Um, I know it was available on Steam, huh. um, maybe uh, last year sometime. Um, but it just I debuted on the on, on the Switch. So think Mike Tyson's Punch Out because when you first play it, you're in a boxing match where where you know you dodge left and right, uh-huh. and you learn the patterns, you know, and oh, like all that stuff. Okay. But take that and just like then ingest a bunch of drugs. All right. And then and then start programming a new version of it, and you end up with this game. So you're basically <laughs> Little Mac except you're like half duck. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it starts out as a boxing match. All right. And it ends up as there's a, f- it's not quite open world, but you're navigating through a building and you're finding secrets and you're finding the people that you have to box, which are basically <laughs> like, like the, like the office managers, I guess, right. of this building. <laughs> Is Jeff they, from like, accounting? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they, and, and they each basically own a certain floor, like, uh, like a, there's a casino floor, there's a sewer floor. And like and and like all that stuff, and like you have to navigate through puzzles to, like these first person puzzles to get to them. Uh-huh. And once you get to the actual, I I mean, like the boxing matches get crazy. Like the first one is there's like lasers that come down that you have to dodge. <laughs> um, while you're fi- while you're boxing somebody. Oh yeah! Oh oh, oh yeah! There's like missiles. There's, there's like a one guy that, that like throws these cans in like the air, but there's only certain ones that you could punch. So like you have uh, to dodge the ones that you can't punch and oh like uh, punch the other ones. So it's it kind of reminded me a bit of like a shmup game, like a Gradius kind right, of game, or, mixed with or uh, a Mike Tyson's Punch Out game. It's so bizarre, yeah, kind of like Cuphead. And yeah. And and like you like eventually uncover and like I won't tell the plot, but like you and you uncover that is way more than you being a boxer. Like it's like this nefarious plot, um, and like and like the bosses like they they like talk to you as you're fighting them, and like before and like after. It's these really elaborate cutscenes, and the whole game was in this really cool black and white, um, like uh, hand drawn style. So like it looks cool, right? Um, and it's just a really awesome, bizarre game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone cause it absolutely is like a niche crazy game. <laughs> um, I wouldn't even recommend it to people that like Mike Tyson's punch out. Cause it's like, it's so much more than that. Um, so but, uh, who's, so who is the market demographic for paddle box? Oh, weird indie games. If you like weird ass indie games, um, this is kind of for you. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is just nuts. It's nuts. Like I got through like a one level where, um, I had to basically, I I had to deactivate this like security system, but I was being chased by, I don't know what you call it, zombie ducks, I guess. And I had to avoid them because they're pretty much like an instant kill if they see you. Oh, wow. So I so I like hit the switch and navigate around the room to like avoid them and then go in this door. I mean, it is a crazy game. Like like it's it's almost hard to explain unless unless you have actually played it. All right. So like it's on Steam. It's on the PS Vita. It's on the PS4. 
and it's on the Switch. Oh wow! Okay, so so, so, so everywhere so but Xbox. Like, yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm guessing that like Phil Spencer was like, what "The fuck <laughs> is this?" Right? Uh, nah, son, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> he was like, "Nah, nah, this, <laughs> this shit crazy, right. son." Um, you know, but um, yeah, it, it's so it has a small demographic, but I fucking love it. It, it right is on. so weird. And it like looks great, and it's it's just one of those things where you you could tell it's like a passion project sure. from from the uh, devs, um, and and uh, speaking of um, the devs, it's like Two Think Design Studio, who I believe are um, I believe are based out of Mexico, which is like pretty cool. Oh wow! Um, okay. You know, and 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 like I've had. A couple of tweets with them on uh, Twitter because like I've been sharing these bizarre like video clips that I capture <laughs> off the Switch um, of just the crazy shit that like got, that uh, that um, that 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 is going on in, in in the game. So yeah, I would check it out. I mean, it, it's it's awesome. How much? Um, how much so is like, it? Um, that's a good question. How much did I pay for it? Uh, let me actually bring that up. While you say something silly, so why don't you say uh, something silly? Say something silly. Uh, poopity scoop, scoop, will... scoop. Um, so, th- oh wow, I, th- I, th- I thought you were doing that poopity scoop. Yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, like yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm living okay. my easy life. It, 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 it is 15 bucks. 15 bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely 15 weird. bucks. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's an indie game, right. you know, like, 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 it's not 60 bucks, you right? Know what I mean. Um, it's fucking cool though, but it's so fucking weird. Right on. Um, also out for Mac. If I if oh, if, yeah. if you're a Mac gamer, right? So it's Apple gamer, literally for everything but the Xbox, uh, and yeah. maybe Linux. <laughs> uh, it might be I'm on Linux a, too. I'm telling you, I think it was about to. I think they were about to prove it, and Phil just ran into the room, <laughs> just just like a pile of sweat. Like we cannot do this. <laughs> It's a duck boxing. What are you thinking? <laughs> <Right. laughs> um, yeah, but, but yeah, v- 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 very very cool game. Um, and the last thing I want to uh, talk about is not new games at all, but a collection of new games. Okay. Uh, sorry, a collection of old games. Oh. Uh, Sega Genesis Arcade. Um, so this is a compilation of a lot, a lot of of. Of a games, I believe it's like about fifty Genesis games. Nice. Um, so, like, there's your obvious, you know, your Sonics and your Streets of Rage and Toe Jam and Earl and like all that kind of stuff right. that like uh, that that like you would expect. But it also has some of the older Genesis games that like I feel like don't get a lot of love, like the pre Sonic games, like mm. Alter, like Altered Beast. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying, and Fantasy Star. Right. And Space Harrier. Right. I feel like those games don't get love because I feel like a lot of people only think of the Genesis like Sonic and later. Right. Well, you know, yeah. Um, but um, uh, but, but um, yeah, it has like Altered Beast. You know what I mean? Um, which I remember a time where Altered Beast was like the shit. shit. Yes. Like, yes. Like, yes. like I was, I was like, yo, gaming can't get better than right. this shit. Um, like, I mean, the fact that so like. Altered Beast in the arcade was a three-player game, and uh, the Altered Beast. Oh no, no, no! I'm thinking of uh, what was the other game with the with the uh, um, 
Oh man, yeah. Alter Beast was the two player game. Yes, but the yes. Uh, what was the game with the the um, the the troll or like he was a gnome and then one guy? Gauntlet? No, not not going. Oh, oh, you're thinking of uh, of uh, Golden Axe? Golden Axe, yeah. Golden Axe, yeah. yeah. Golden Axe, yeah, yeah. Which is which is also on this, right. and they they have all three Golden Axes. Oh, this. nice. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, thing I like about this compilation is that they have like all the versions of games. So like it's not just one of the Streets of Rage. It's all three of those, right? It's it's like uh, b- both a Vector Man games, oh. both Toe Jam and like Earl games. Um. Weirdly, it only has Sonic and Sonic Two. Hmm. So no Sonic Three, no Sonic and Knuckles. Um, which I know a lot of people like like the, that game. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of Sonic and Knuckles, but I I think Sonic Two is the pinnacle of Sonic. Uh, mm-hmm. And I will and, and apparently with you, Sega. Apparently, so do like, they. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, they like also have Revenge of Shinobi, which I oh, really wow. really loved. Um, and uh, they have. Three Fantasy Star games, two Shining Force games, Gunstar Heroes, very very un, 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 underrated game, E SWAT, uh, Comic Zone, which is a great like a uh, side scrolling game, Columns, you know. So like they really have a huge chunk of of like games. It's like thirty bucks, which might seem pricey for like a collection of like very old games, but I think. They're like the polish is great. I'm mean, like you can apply all kind of like filters, um, and they also take something from like sort of like the the those like NES remix games that like had all all, all the challenges. They have a bunch of of like cool challenges in in this game. Like um like um they'll drop you in Golden Axe two and they'll say like beat the second boss with a no magic. And like two bars of like a health, right? You know? Oh, okay. And like you do that, and they get like like an achievement and stuff, and like and like they they like have those for like a lot of the games. Um, so yeah, I think it's really really well done. Um, and you know, I I love seeing old games that are you know um, still still like uh, here, and you can play them legally, which I think is like a very yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a bonus. Um, so yeah, I know it's out for Steam as well. Um, I don't remember if it's out for um, any of the. No, no, yes. Yeah, so like it, it is out on PlayStation Four and Xbox One right, as right, well for thirty bucks. Um, so so um, yeah, it's, it's it's a really really dope collection of uh, Genesis games. They uh, now do they uh do the arcade versions of those games when it's when applicable. No, these 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 are only the Genesis versions. Genesis versions of those games. Yes. Um yes, only the Genesis versions. So I was going to ask, but I'm not sure if you uh played it, but uh I was gonna ask how it compares to the rare replay bundle. Um or rare replay collection that uh that released yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, on the yes, Xbox. I've not played where, where I've not played that. Okay, um, but like, isn't that like that's not sixteen bit games? though. isn't that like newer games in that? It's it it 
crosses all it crosses its arcade okay NES yes yeah Battletoads Battletoads okay. 2 um okay. uh RC Pro-Am and RC Pro-Am 2 uh I forgot they made RC Pro-Am yeah yeah exactly um, there's there's yeah but is is Battletoads versus Double Dragon on there uh it is not <laughs> Battletoads <laughs> one of the weirdest yeah one of the weirdest fucking mixes of games yes that one is did not make the list, but uh, there oh, are man. there are a bunch of games on there. Not all good, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but a bunch yeah. of games. No, on the I list. mean this is one of the more polished versions of a compilation that I've seen. It's like set in like a '80s, well, well, in like a '90s room. Sure. So like, uh, so you actually navigate to like a like a bookcase full of Genesis games. Oh, that's awesome! And like uh, it. It like puts it in the system, and you hear like the click as it goes down. Oh, that's dope! You know? That's very and dope. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like when when you take a game out, I mean the TV is like static and shit. Uh-huh. You know, so 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 like there's a lot of cool little, little touches to it, and like obviously you you can put on a CRT filter. Oh, that's um, really dope. Okay. You you can play the games like like uh, either stretched or like unstretched so that you can get like the exact you know non HD like a like a proportions of like a things with like a border. Um, it's really good. Oh, yeah. um, okay. Also, the like intro is phenomenal. I I posted part of the intro video on like a Twitter. It's really really well done. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if similar to that Sonic game that like came out Sonic Mania I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of fucking hackers or people that have been doing emulators actually did this that they outsource it to like the people that have already like reverse engineered like a lot of these games um cuz it came out well you know yeah um so um yeah re- really 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 happy with it um kind of the opposite of what I've heard of um I've heard like kind of bad things about the uh playstation classic about how yeah even though sony made it that i guess whatever emulator that like they use there's a lot of like frame rate issues yeah like, even more so than the original PlayStation. right right it's actually yeah it actually plays worse like, it's crazy yeah like you, know? you, you would have a better experience if you actually just pulled out an actual uh uh playstation original playstation console and played those games that's nuts yeah that yeah, is crazy yeah um, um but but yeah, this is cool. Uh, I, you know, I'm yeah, not really necessarily dope. a fan of, um, of the, the Genesis. No, no, no. Of the of these classic consoles that, oh, that they're bringing back out. Uh, like for nostalgia's sake, yeah, it's cool to see like miniature versions of those consoles, um, and and uh, as kind of like a showpiece. That's that's fine. But I'd much rather have it in this format where. Uh, I get a piece of software on the console that I currently use that I can, yeah. you know, that I can play, play those games on. So, um, yeah, you know, and, and of course, uh, uh, SNES classic or an NES classic is going to cost you, you know, a hundred bucks and 60 bucks respectively. Uh, the PlayStation classic is going to cost you a hundred bucks. This is 30 bucks. Yeah. Th- 30 bucks. Only yeah. software. Yeah. Um, now, now, do you, do you have a favorite? Uh, did, 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 did you own a Genesis? I, hmm, I'm trying to remember. Did I own a, yes, I did own a Genesis. 
I did own a Genesis. Okay. Do you, um, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you remember any favorites that you had back in the um, back then? Uh, Strider. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. Uh, Strider, nice. Strider was a great game. Um, a lot of the sports games I played the hell out of. Yeah. Uh those EA sports games with the yellow yes. with the yellow tab on the side. Yeah. Um and Yeah, so so like so there are no sports games on here. Right. Um mostly I think because Electronic Arts was like nah, but Well, yeah, licensing yeah. for that kind of stuff. Yeah, if if if, if I could play some Madden 90 90 what was the one that my stepbrother and I would play a lot? 94? I think it was 93. I think it was 93 that like we played a lot of. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, so 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 yeah, Abs- absolutely, man. All those earlier, like um, like uh, before they called it NBA Live, yeah. it was like Bulls versus Blazers, Bulls versus Blazers, Lakers, Lakers versus Celtics. Celtics. Yeah, oh, those games were incredible. Yeah, um, uh, the Desert Strike games. Yes, those were those yes. were um, games that I really had a lot of fun with. Uh, if you guys don't remember those, uh, those were also made by Electronic Arts. Uh, they were three quarter isometric, yep, um, helicopter combat games. Yeah, um, it was it was a very, you know, when you think about it now, it's it was a very weird game, kind of uh, reminiscent of Choplifter from the arcade, uh, yes. which I haven't played Choplifter. Awesome game. Yeah, I haven't played Choplifter in, in probably Choplifter. like thirty years, but. Uh, yeah, Choplifter. Chop, Choplifter. Yeah, Choplifter was the shit. Um, that game was hard. Um, but yeah, so you would wind up uh, saving saving people, and also like you're like in South America in an Apache helicopter, and you're just fighting random shit. It was it, the weirdest the weirdest game. Um, Desert Strike, and then they had they had uh, several sequels. Um, yeah, 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 but I think those games are really popular because if you think of like the movies at the time, like right. Rambo yeah. and Platoon, mm-hmm. you know, yes, it was, and like all these kind of movies, yes. like uh, people love that jungle shit, right? You know, right. it's like let's fucking yeah, it was, blow shit up in the jungle. It was you know very, I mean? very reminiscent of uh, of those, you know, kind of yeah, even like the A Team. It was very reminiscent of that yeah. post. Uh, post Vietnam Cold War, uh, culture. Yep. You know, it was definitely of that of that culture and of that time. You know, attacking these communist, uh, sympathetic countries and you know whatever in in the third world. You going in there and and America and the shit out of them. So Britain democracy. Yes, That's yes, what we exactly, do. Exactly, reaching hearts and minds. Uh, if only they knew yeah. who who our president would be. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> oh man! If only they knew what they were fighting for. Oh my gosh! So yeah, <laughs> uh, Desert Strike, Jungle Strike, Urban Strike, and then they were uh, they released some on the uh, PlayStation. I did not know these existed. Nuclear Strike, Soviet Strike, oh, and, whoa. and then Future Cop LAPD. Oh huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can get like that. That reminds me of the same escalation of names when Call of Duty did like Advanced Warfare, and then they had to do Infinite Warfare, right. and it was like, what the fuck do we do? Right, right. It's we like, box like, ourselves like, in a corner. What, as I'm saying, what, what, once you get to Nuclear Strike, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like, 
yeah, you're, yeah, you're kind of. I dead. mean, unless you're going like interplanetary, right, right, right strike exactly. or something, you know, or right. or like Death Star strike, right. yeah, terraforming strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't stop escalating like your damn name. Right, okay? right. You don't, yeah. you don't got to keep going up. <laughs> Shit. Uh, there's more strikes. There, you know, deeper. The strikes get deeper. Uh, <laughs> so, um, speaking of things getting deeper, um, the Riot Games, the makers of uh, the seminal hit League of Legends, um, has gotten deeper into a lot of bullshit for themselves. Um, yep. Yeah. So, if if you're not aware, the COO of Riot Games, Scott Gelb. Uh, was suspended without pay for two months pending an investigation where uh, several employees, both present and former, alleged that Scott Gelb um, acted like a frat boy, I guess would be the best way to to say it. He um, routinely for the worst stereotype of a frat boy. Yes. The worst stereotypes of a frat boy. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. Not like a frat yeah. brother. Uh, because we're both in fraternity. Yes, yeah. So, <laughs> but, yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, he was yeah. He, he was like the Animal House. Uh, right, right, exactly. Exactly, exactly. So, uh Scott Gelb um routinely would do a thing uh colloquially known as nut punching um yeah. where he would for for comedy's sake would walk up to someone and try and hit them in the balls and just flick them in the nuts. Uh, because that's hilarious. Um, and you would imagine in a place where people thought that was funny, they also think demeaning women uh, and uh, just, uh, you know, being chauvinist pigs um, was was a funny thing. He would also do other things. That's right. He would uh, he would touch, you know, he would hit people in the balls, he, you know, sometimes smack their ass. And and sometimes he even farted in their faces. This is crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane, insane. And on top of that, um, you know, of course, if you're the COO of an organization and you're doing this, then then any subordinates that feel um, like the this guy is is speaking their comedic language are also going to do it to their subordinates. Uh, so yep. that that, you know, trickle down economics does not work, but uh, trickle down work mentality and work culture definitely works. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's like a lot of pressure to want to be like one one of the leaders. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I think one thing that was so crazy was when I was reading the um, article one like employee says it just became so normal the ball grabbing and things like that. It was absolutely well known. This is a corporate fucking office. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. care if this is like video games or not. Right. Like these are people whose livelihood depend on working hard and getting money from doing their jobs. Right. And they gotta deal with this guy. Yeah. And this guy has two months of unpaid leave and training. Right. That to me is fucking bullshit. Yeah, get this guy out of the end. Not only out of this this uh, job, like like I always hear about how like how people get blacklisted for 
pissing off the wrong folks. People like this should get fucking blacklisted. Yeah. Like, there's no way that he would think that this is acceptable. No way. Um, I, I just can't believe that he's getting punished like he fucked up a analyst report or right. something. Yeah, well, like, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe he I, did. I just hate it. Maybe he did. Uh, um, you know, so one of the other allegations is that it's, it's widely known, uh, Riot Games is 80% uh, male, um, it's widely known or at least assumed uh, assumed so so um assumed so uh fervently that it might as well be fact that it it is difficult for uh female employees to get promoted uh they're held to a higher standard um and and are genuinely felt uh, or made to feel unwelcomed in in the workplace, and you know, I would I would assume that uh, based on the information that we know about their COO, um, that that would be the case. That it is that that is also true. Um, so it is bullshit that he's he's being suspended for two months, and you think that he should be pushed out of the industry, but. Yes. But my question to you, Reef, is, or or what I what I would say is, maybe Riot Games needs to get pushed out of the industry, because because it's this isn't a surprise to everyone that works within the organization. I mean, the the the, the thing about it is, like, no one covertly farts in somebody's face routinely, right? Like. If you are the the you know arguably number three guy in in an organization and you're walking mm-hmm. by and you fart in someone's face intentionally, the number two and the number one guy are gonna find out about that. Like if that is something that you do, um, you hit people in the balls. That is something that you do. The number two and the number one person will also know about those things. And if they uh, and this is something that has been going on for years, this company has been open for what, 15 years, um, uh, 12 years. So, yeah, th- so, but 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 it took this like eight month investigation from Kotaku for any of the huge problems they had. Right. And, and this is just one of the problems, by the way. Right. Um, for all that stuff to come out, you know, obviously most companies like to keep their HR stuff, um, in house close to the chest, yeah, of sure. course. Um, you know, and like, by the, by the way, they have 2,500 employees, yeah. 80% male, Yeah, which I'd be curious to see what the stats are for other companies, even in tech. That sounds very high. Oh yeah. That's ridiculously like, high. Shit. Yeah. Like that sounds like the fucking sixties or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's it is. I don't know if riot should be removed because I do think that this is one thing where people have to be told that it's unacceptable, and you have to get the right kind of leadership in there. And this guy is a COO, like literally somebody that reports to the CEO right. that's doing this shit. Right. I feel like if you have a strong C level staff, mm-hmm. that they but they have to commit to that. If they can't commit to that, then I agree. Then they need to get the fuck out. 
Right. Well, um, yeah. So, you know, I was being a little facetious by saying that Riot Games needs to get out. But but the leadership definitely needs to go. I mean, the culture obviously needs to change there. And, and you know, uh, even if Scott Gelb was terminated and 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 or blacklisted from the industry, um, th- the culture at Riot Games will not change because he didn't hire you know, uh, uh, 2000 men out of 2,500 employees, um, you know, and only 500 women. He didn't routinely, you know, he wasn't solely responsible for, uh, women being skipped over for promotions. Um, these are, this is a systemic problem within that organization. And, 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 and in order for those, those things to change, the organization, the leadership of that organization um, needs to be removed. It has to be removed. You, you know, you don't if you uh, if someone finds a tumor and they say it's cancerous, they don't remove just the ugliest part of the tumor. They remove the entire tumor. That's that's the yeah, way but that you how many. So how many companies have I mean, I'm thinking of the companies that have recently got caught up in this stuff like. uh right. Like a uh, Uber, right? Sure. If I remember right, Uber did get rid of everyone. Like they yeah. got rid of the main people. And yeah, they, and they it, you have in, to clean uh, house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think that that should happen. Um, that's why this two months of unpaid unpaid leave is fucking crazy to me. Right. Well, you know, like you can't train that out of somebody. Right. A fucking grown adult that's doing this right. shit. You give them all the training in the world, they might suppress it sure. for a month. Right. While they're in the thing and just f- fart on people on the low and be like, it <laughs> just crop dust people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But nah, get this motherfucker out, right. man. I'm tired of these fucking assholes. Excuse, uh, wait, I was gonna say excuse my language. I'm like, you can't really say excuse my language after you say that, right? Um, but I don't but, mean uh, no disrespect, but fuck you. Yeah, no, no. It's 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 like the same thing when I read. You know, I saw we were watching the game awards. Saw right. fucking ninja. You know, like presenting with a fucking muppet. Yes, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and and then I go on Twitch and I see that he's like commentating for the nfl thursday game on there i'm like i'm over these fucking assholes getting these opportunities that should go to people that are good people right well like and like i know it might sound like a corny ass uh you know like i want it to be like a fucking uh bedtime story or whatever but these people are like extreme cases of assholes yeah and at the very least can the extreme cases not get fucking like you know, like promote it up and and getting these like resources. So, so the thing the thing about it is, uh, if the Trump presidency has taught you anything, is that assholes fail upward, and um, but oh, the other thing that Trump the pr- Trump presidency will will teach you is that uh, America is really in love with racism. Um, but but I digress. So. Um, the, the thing about the, uh, about Ninja, like I watched Ninja at the Game Awards and as, you know, as some of you may have heard and, uh, um, you know, may have, uh, shaken your fist at the, at the, your phone or what have you, uh, as you heard me say it, 
Um, I rather enjoyed Ninja um, and his commentary, his uh, his presentation style and how personable like he his was. Muppet presentation, yeah, his Muppet presentation. I actually I found Pepe the Shrimp more problematic than than Ninja. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I was wondering if they were amping him up for the show or if no, he's no. He's he's that. a he's a Muppet. Like he, I, like I'm not familiar with that Muppet. Uh, like I didn't know if they sassied him up for the. <laughs> He, Game Awards he was on the Muppets Tonight show that was on ABC. Okay, I uh, I, I never watched. That. Okay, um, it wasn't it wasn't that bad actually. No, um, I heard good things yeah, about yeah, it. I actually, um, I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, but I remember a lot of people were mad when uh, yeah, it got canceled. It, it got canceled. Um, yeah. So and he's been in a couple of the later films. Um, but yeah, he's you know he's kind of problematic. Uh, he's just you know a little all over the place. Um, but I, yeah, I rather enjoyed Ninja and, and what I said, uh, at the time was that he, he definitely has a a big career ahead of him in front of the camera. Um, at least, you know, at least for the next three, four years. So, um, you know, Hey, Hey man, you, you can be a problematic asshole. If you're living your best life, you can go ahead and continue to be a problematic asshole as long as you're not trying to be president of the United States. So. Okay, but this is beyond, uh, and, and, and I'm I'm sorry, but I'm switching to fucking ninja now. This is beyond him being a problematic asshole. He's a millionaire off this shit. Yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. a millionaire. Yeah, he's he's a not like hey, like he's making you know some money. Yeah, no, like enough money streaming that that he can pay his bills. Yeah, no, no, he's this he's, motherfucker was on this motherfucker was on Ellen. Yeah, he's he's changed his stars. He's absolutely yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but you know, I mean, look, there are, there are so many people that, that have become obscenely wealthy with, without any discernible talent. I think he has discernible talent. He's just an unlikable human being, um, for a, you know, for a non insignificant segment of, of the community. And I think that as, as, uh, you said before, you know, off mic that, he if you don't like him because he is a not a good ambassador you don't feel like he is a a, a faithful ambassador for your community for your community yes. of gamers um and i think that's that's completely that's a, a completely fair assessment of who he is and um you know i think he may argue that but i think if you know back into a corner he would say look if that's the case, that's okay. But I'll be, I'm more than happy to be an ambassador for me. And yeah, and, I mean, like, as, as I said, it's nothing about his job. Right. I'm sure he's like, I don't fucking like most YouTubers and Twitch people. Sure. Because, like, there's a certain style that I think is more for a younger demographic, right, I guess, right, than I am. Right. But I won't deny that for that demographic, he is excellent. Right. Like, like, like they kind of sit, like, he's like fucking. Jake Paul and Logan Paul yeah. and PewDiePie, like right. they have this kind of style of these like dumb pranks, and right. I guess almost like this is jackass the, for the for yes, the, for that's, the yeah. I, I was I was actually thinking of more uh, Tom Green. Oh yeah, sure, um, sure. But but yeah, he's like he's like kind of like that, right. you know. And I thought that shit was funny when I was a teenager, right? Right. You know? But I feel like he's like that for them, sure. You know. And and like I'm like okay you know I I'm 
I'm I'm old and crotchety, right. you know. Like, I, well, I'm not old, but I'm I'm <laughs> You're I'm like old. I'm like old for them. Sure. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um. So I never try to hate on them by saying they're like just shitty at what they do. But when you're a shitty person, to me, that goes beyond what you do. Like this, Scott Gelb could be the greatest person with operations and numbers right. and reducing workforce. He right. could be excellent at that shit. Right. I don't know, but I don't give a fuck. Sure. Because he's farting on people right. and rubbing their balls. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, to me, overrules any of your yeah. uh, positive work stuff. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would not ever at any point equate, um, uh, I was going to say PewDiePie. I would equate PewDiePie to Scott Gelb, but I would not equate Ninja to Scott Gelb. Um, I think that, uh, I think, you know, Ninja has said some dumb shit, um, but I, I like I just I, I'm, you know, and maybe I don't know enough about him to to be, you know, to be able to make this judgment one way or the other. I just don't think he's that bad of a guy. I just think, you know, he's kind of a douchebag. And that's, you know, that's all right. Like, hey, just you do you, son. Whereas I think PewDiePie is not a good human being. And, and Scott Gelb clearly is not a good human being. Maybe he is at, at a surface level, but uh, to to be in the position to be a leader of people, um, he is he is clearly um, unqualified for that position. Um, uniquely yeah, unqualified, much like uh, all of almost everyone in the Trump administration. Uh, there, <laughs> there is a theme. So... Um, so like yeah man uh i you know i i'll let you have the last word on this but what i will say is ninja go ahead and make your money son live your best life man go out there and do your thing and, and i'll say fuck you ninja i don't want you making any money <laughs> i want you to be on your own channel with no fucking viewers no fucking ads and just rot in a corner because you a bitch. Yo, tell me how you really feel, son. <laughs> oh man! And uh, why don't we go? Why don't we move to the next? <laughs> I felt like the mad rapper. Yo, like, fucking D dot. Like I felt like the mad rapper. We ain't recognizing. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man. So uh so Epic another thing that another thing that came out of the uh, out of the game awards um was um like the uh the like Epic's hove moment. You know, they with with Fortnite Epic put themselves back on the map. Kind of, you know, accidentally with this battle royale mode in in the last um, you know, in the last fifteen months since, because think say of accidentally, th- think, think of it was accidentally. Well, yes, yeah, for a battle royale, because I mean yeah. that wasn't the game. Um, yeah, but it's still a well. It's not like they. It's a well done. Oh yeah, you know, sure, I, sure. It's like I think accidentally kind of makes it seem like they didn't know what they were doing and uh yeah no no i i will not say that like it wasn't it wasn't like they didn't know what they were doing because clearly you know but they saw PUBG's success they figured oh we could actually build that in our engine for this game that we just released fortnite 
Um, and then, and then it, it took off. It took, you know, I mean, it just, it just, it like, it became a life of its own and became a phenomenon of its own in 15 months. It's only been a year and a quarter since we first saw, and, and actually less than, uh, since we first saw, uh, Fortnite Battle Royale. Uh, yeah, it is, it is insane, (laughs) insane. Uh, I mean, you know, I think the meteoric rise of this rivals all of the greatest games of all time. Uh, oh, for sure. You know, you know, Minecraft and, and World of Warcraft and. Oh, I think it's dwarfed all those. Yeah. Um, I don't remember ever, well, Minecraft maybe, but I don't remember ever seeing WoW like in commercials. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe it was. I can't remember. I, I feel like WoW took over the gaming world. Fortnite has taken over the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, like Fortnite to me is like Wii Sports. Yeah, yeah. Like that shit is on the news. Yeah. Like parents talk about mm-hmm. it. It's on fucking like Jimmy Fallon monologues. Right, like right. you know what I mean? Right. It's I like, mean, yeah. It is. It's all like the beyond... dances when when kids go to dances now. Your middle schooler is at a dance. And they go to dance. They're doing f- dances that are found in Fortnite. I was just at a wedding, and and, and like there were like some like young some like y- 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 young kids there, and they got on the dance floor. They started flossing. Right. They they, they fucking started flossing. Right. Then they were milly rocking. Right. And like these were like little white kids. Yep. You know, like you were like okay, and and like they were like they're known as Fortnite dances. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. there's that whole situation where Chance mm-hmm. and like two Millie are trying right. to, I don't know if they're actually suing Epic, but they're definitely, someone definitely trying to pressure did. them. Yeah. Someone definitely you know, did. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're trying to tell them, look, either like at least put a fucking link to our song. Right. Or right. Album yeah. Something. Give or something. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Let me make some money off the shit. I created, yeah. please, y- please. Y- y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause like they know that you can't legally copyright a dance. Right. So it's not like they could right. sue them for infringement, right. but don't be evil. Y'all right. like just yeah. put a fucking link to the shit. God damn. So, so <laughs> all that said, uh, you know, like I said, Epic had their hove moment where it was like, allow me to reintroduce myself um, because they, you know, they maintain their success and maintain their relevance with the Unreal Engine and they continue to, to innovate on the Unreal Engine. Um, but at the Game Awards, they they showed some more of what they uh what the future of epic games is going to be and it sounds like epic's going to be almost like a middleware publisher uh you know like they've they've created their own new genre um you know where a middleware publisher where they're they're like they're going to license out cross platforming yep yeah yeah, I, I mean, like, they've built out this whole technology so that Fortnite can work on everything. Like, they fucking pressured Sony to change their dumb shit about not letting pe- pe- people play. And they got fucking, like, voice chat to mysteriously work on the Switch. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? that's crazy. Um, So they have the infrastructure where they can host all this shit on their infrastructure. And they're saying, yo, you want to make a cross-platform game? license our shit and like a lot of people that are like kind of newer to games probably they know fortnite from i mean they know epic 
from Fortnite and are forgetting that Epic has like a 20 year career licensing the Unreal Engine to companies. So it's not like they've never done hard like hardware, software, and licensing in the past. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like when Unreal One came out in 1998, I remember because I was in college. Um, it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Right. Like hardly anybody's computer could run it. We would sneak into the computer lab to play it because they had like powerful enough like computers to like run it, and their security settings were whack. Right. Um, <laughs> so we installed that shit. Um, you know, and and then like Unreal Tournament came out. They were releasing like I remember buying like a copy, like uh, they they had like a free version of the Unreal Engine on Unreal Tournament. So right. Epic, you know, and like obviously they did you know Gears of War and all right. that shit. So they have they've been in the game f- f- for a while. Right, they know how to build shit, and I think it's amazing that they are really trying to force the issue with both this and the Epic store, like they're seeing an opportunity there um, and they're using their newfound like success to really push the industry forward. I like in the same way that say Microsoft is doing with game pass. um, You you, you know, like I, I love when these like companies are not waiting for people like, yo, we can do this shit, get down or lay down. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. And, 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 um, Epic says like, you know, through 2019, we'll be launching a large set of cross platform game services originally built for Fortnite, battle tested with 200 million players wow. across seven <laughs> platforms. Cause that's including like mobile phones and all that shit. Right. The, the, the uh, services will be free for all developers open to all engines all platforms and all stores as a developer you're free to mix and match solutions from uh epic and from uh, and from uh, others as you wish so this isn't only just the mechanics of like getting games to work it's the login stuff it's the achievements the voice com the matchmaking the cloud saves which would be huge for a game like say destiny or like overwatch or like something where like you wanted to make sure that you had the same profile across um different devices i mean this is fucking awesome yeah you know what i'm saying it's so funny like you 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 know three minutes ago you were saying hey hey epic just don't be evil and and here they are not being evil for uh for something that can make them tons of money whereas you know they're being evil selling things that they didn't create making tons of money well i mean i i mean don't get i mean don't get it wrong i do think that they definitely see a financial reason to do that oh yeah absolutely i mean the more games that you get like on this like they definitely get some cut from it sure you know sure um but they and, could get more is is kind of what my my implication is yes there. yeah but like i think that they're thinking of the long play right um like i'm pretty sure that these games will get highlighted on the epic store right like you know what i'm saying right um so it means like more advertising and like more sales and like they did with the unreal engine they basically made a whole industry of games using that they licensed the engine to Right. You know, and right now you can go to the Epic Launcher and buy the Unreal. You can get the Unreal Engine for free. Right. 
and and make free small games. And if you make a larger game, then you have to start to pay like like a royalties on it. But they already have a history of offering things for like a free because for like them it's about volume and like a penetration. You know what I'm saying? Um, market penetration, not the, not that kind of penetration. Hey man, um, not Scott Gale that we're talking about. Right. <laughs> um, um. So uh. So so yeah, I'm pretty sure that they definitely made a business calculation on this. I'm not trying to say that they're doing this for the good of Oh no. just them. No. Um but I I I fucking love it. I love it. I want more cross I I'm hoping that next generation is the generation of cross-platform shit. You know what I'm saying? Where where like where like when like a game like Destiny comes out, when the next Overwatch comes out, when when like a game like Red Dead Online, you know what I'm saying? Cause like you already have it with your Minecrafts and your Rocket Leagues and your Fortnites, I, I want it not only for these like top 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 games, I want it for other games as well. So I'm really hoping that the next gen, that's going to be a major, a major as aspect of it. I have a feeling that the number of games in the next generation, the number of games that you see. Uh, that are cross-platform games will increase dramatically. However, you're only going to be more frustrated as a gamer because all the games, not all, but there will be a large segment of very big games that you will want to play with your friends on other platforms that you just won't mm-hmm. be able to. Um, that in the new deals for console exclusivity um, that denying cross-platform will be part of those contracts. That companies really? will pay money to publishers for particular games so that the game is available, the multiplayer version of that game is only available on their console. Hmm. Or or you know, like that you won't allow cross platform. Um and See, and so like I get early DLC and you can only get that early DLC first on my console and you won't be able to play it across platforms so that it incentivizes people to come to my console to buy that software. But but like isn't that how it is now though? Like like that's kinda how it is with like, you know, as 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 you said, with like exclusive DLC. Right. It it like, yes it is that is how it is now. But what I'm saying is there will be the number of games that that won't have that will increase dramatically, which will only make it more frustrating when you have a game that does not. I I guess what I'm saying is that I agree that companies will want to do that, but I'm saying that the pressure, like if a company did do that, there would be such a revolt that it wouldn't be worth it. It would be similar to how Microsoft had to change their whole plan for the Xbox one because the, because the culture had, there is an expectation of cross platform. Um, I don't think that expectation is there yet. I think it's getting there. Right. But I think by the time these like new consoles come, everybody will want to do what, like uh, you said, but the business risk will be too great that people would just revolt. I think you put too much faith 
in the consumer. Uh, and I love the consumer. Right. If you, I think you put too I much. I love them. I think you put too much faith in the consumer and their ability to uh, stick to their guns. The fact that uh, the game will be available on their console of choice will be enough for them, and that if they have friends that are across the platform, that they would uh, instead either consider switching to. Uh, the platform where the more, more of their friends are or convince the minority of friends that are on a different platform to do uh, the opposite. That's that's more likely to happen than people not buying a game that they desperately want to play because that game does not allow them to play with that segment of people on a different platform. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. But I think it'll happen early enough. Like it won't be like when a game launches; it'll be like early on in the. It'll be early on before the game comes out. Like when somebody hears that right. that shit isn't like happening. Right. This is my hope. Okay. I'm not saying it, that yeah. it possibly happen. Yeah. But, right. but 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 like I think that that's how a lot of things in the industry has changed, and I think that this is the next thing that will change. And with like a company like Epic saying, "Yo, Sony, Microsoft, you don't have to figure this shit out." We got it figured out. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I I I like it. So yeah, oh yeah, I think I think is I definitely do think it's a great thing. Uh, it's a great thing for the industry. It's a great thing for uh, those single A and double A titles that are out there. Um, you know, the indies, the indie pluses out there that uh, would love for all of their communities. Um, that are playing their game across their platforms, whether, it, you know, if it's a multiplayer game, to be able to play with each other and have uh, to share some of that same synergy that we saw since I'm, you know, since I've been referring to the Game Awards all day, I'll refer back to the Game Awards that we saw at the very beginning of the of the awards show where Jack Trenton, Phil Spencer, and uh, uh, Reggie Fizame was were on the stage together talking about their uh, collective love for games. I think that single A and double A um, uh, publishers or developers are going to relish the fact that um, that Epic has done the heavy lifting for them when it comes to allowing their communities to communicate effectively uh, with each other, and especially for those. Uh, switch games and and uh, switch developers who have to run through uh, Nintendo's antiquated system of trying to like that's a thing that kind of gets lost in the shuffle is that they've worked out the voice chat stuff which you know Nintendo still doesn't seem to be able to figure out in in almost 2020 which is crazy um, yeah. but but you know Epic's done that heavy lifting for people and for a nominal fee, uh, they will they will help you. You know, they will just go ahead and and uh, run the tools to allow you to do that for you. And that you know, like you, that can't be undersold for uh, a small small or to mid range uh, development houses. So I, I I mean I think you know obviously it's a great thing. Um, so and then I think time will tell this it will time will tell how uh, the console manufacturers leverage that 
um, both to and against uh, to their advantage and against other console manufacturers' advantages. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I'm 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 excited because, as I said, I like when like companies are pushing shit forward instead of being stagnant. Um, so we will we, we will see see what happens. Cool. Well, all uh, right. So, yeah. So yeah. So. Before we go, I know Are you, you were eating on Mike. Um, Stubby Stan. No, man. What are you talking about? I got. Um, <laughs> I'm. 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 I'm we're professionals here, right? I'm hurting. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, before we go, I know you were getting ready to to push us out the door. But before, no, we... I, was, I was trying to queue us up. Oh, okay. Well, um, well. I'm going to queue up a story. I'm going to spin a little yarn. Oh, story time. Yeah, it is story time. All right, kids, grab your milk and cookies. Sit down. Uncle Stan is going to tell you a story. Um, so last week, one of my coworkers brought in a Raspberry Pi to work. And uh, on this Raspberry Pi was every console game released um, between, like, 1980 and 1994 from Atari, Nintendo, Sega, NEC, uh, and, and Sony. So, uh, so, you know, it runs the gamut. So basically gaming from the last almost 40 years. Um, at least on the on the major side, uh, I've got a coworker who's a good friend of mine who is 24 years old. This is his first job, fresh out of college, and really cool dude. He got to play Atari 52, uh, Atari 2600, legendary game, ET. Legend. Yes, ET, the extraterrestrial, the game. Programmed by Spielberg himself. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and I got to watch him play it for the very first time. <laughs> Widely regarded. Wait, did you actually watch? You like sat and watched? Yeah, him? I sat and watched him play it. Like he he got it. Uh, we didn't have sound, so was, so you didn't get to hear the incredible soundtrack to that game. Um, of course. I'm, I mean, you didn't want your boss to find out you're fucking playing games or <laughs> your job. And I think he he actually did come by one, at one point uh, while we were playing Spy vs. Spy. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. So uh, what a terrible game that is, um, which uh, which kind of reminds me, E.T., the extraterrestrial, um, uh, widely regarded as the worst game of all time. Credited with the 1983 gaming crash, uh, which yeah. almost ruined video games for for everyone forever. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And uh, so I got to watch him play this game for the very first time. Uh, and the funny thing was, he was actually it was probably the most successful uh, gameplay session of ET that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, he collected the Reese's pieces. He knew that they were Reese's pieces. Um, wow. and then he fell down the pit and he was able to immediately get back up. 
Uh, I think some of that had to do with the fact that he was playing on a modified SNES controller as opposed to the Atari 2600 uh, analog, in quotes, analog one-button controller. Analog precision. Yes. Um, So that may have had something to do with it. Uh, But he he played it for about uh, five or six minutes, was confused as all hell. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then quickly gave up. It gave me life. It gave me joy to watch someone experience that turd bucket um, for the very first time. But okay. But I recently watched a video. Um, this video explains that if you pl- if you've actually read the instruction booklet for ET the Extraterrestrial the game on the Atari twenty six hundred. The game would make sense. The game would become playable and may even make it fun. Um, And so I think two out of three ain't bad, but it turns out (laughs) there are. um, So this game was made by the guy who's the same guy who made Yara's Revenge. Um, Awesome game. Yes, awesome game. Uh, He was the number one, the A number one. Uh, developer uh, on Atari staff. Atari wanted to capitalize on uh, E.T. being a hit. They went to Spielberg, said, hey, let's before Christmas, let's put we'll make an E.T. game. Uh, Spielberg and, and uh, you know, all those guys over there at uh, Amblin said, yeah, let's do it. And typically the the uh, the, the death cycle for a game was six months. They had six weeks to make the game. So scratch. This is yeah. So this is the game that we received in six weeks. But if you read the instructions, you learn that yes, those little dots are uh, Reese's pieces pieces. But there was actually a thing you had to do in this game. You had to collect the phone pieces so that ET could phone home, and the ship would come back and get him. And there were all these clues laid around, but you had to read the instruction booklet, and the instruction booklet was at least 15 pages long, right? It was so thick, so long, so confusing that they also included a tip sheet in the box that (laughs) had the the bullet points, basically. But if you read all of those things, you would understand what you were doing and also learn... That and this may be a first. ET has difficulty settings. It has a difficulty le- level from you know super hard to the easiest, where there are no enemies whatsoever. Mm. Uh, so like, it definitely changes the aspect of the game. Now it still doesn't make it uh, a great game or even a good yeah, it's game. Still trash, right? But it's not the worst game ever made. And it's definitely not the worst game ever made for me. Reef, is it the worst game you've ever played? Is it the worst game you ever made? And if it isn't, what is? It's not the worst game I ever played. Now, I did own an Atari 2600. I had many games. And at first, I thought that my parents were, like, rich. Because we would go downtown <laughs> Patterson in Jersey and we would just pick up like two or three games at a time. Nice. This was like, you know, maybe 1985, 1986. Right. I was like, holy shit, like we can afford all these? 
little did I know this was after the game crash. Right. When you can literally buy a game. I I later found most games that we got were like literally like a dollar, two dollars. Were you walking behind them with uh, your hands behind your back, swinging behind your back like you were George Jefferson? Because you yeah, was moving I on I was up. fucking Richie Rich, man. Right. <laughs> I was like, yo, we balling out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so I actually didn't get a Nintendo until much later um, because I had so many Atari games. I was like, wow. This is what I had, but we never had ET. Ah, um, so so I didn't play it until a lot later, and yeah, it it it, it is trash. But to be honest, there were a lot of trash Atari games. Oh yeah, um, a lot because yeah. like like ET is like the most famous, right? But essentially, the whole reason why Nintendo, when they came out in the eighties, was so draconian with their approval and seal of like a quality, is because Atari had none, right? If you knew how to make a game for the Atari, you could just make it. Yeah. And and like it would work. There, there was like no lockout chip. There was like none of that. Mm-hmm. So like all these companies like Nabisco and these fucking like companies were all just making games that all worked on there. Right. Um, so the market got super flooded. So they were like, hey, let's make this E.T. game in fucking six weeks. Um, one bad game that I think of personally that was that was. One of the worst games that I think I ever played was actually from a movie that I mentioned earlier. Um, And this is Platoon. Oh, uh, yeah. Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. I believe it was ported to everything because I remember playing it on the Commodore 64 Mm -hmm. as well. Um, It was fucking bad. Right. Um, It was a side scroller um, where you basically have to get out of the jungle um, and every level looks the same because it's the jungle. Right. So, like, you had to know, like, where to go up and where to go down. And, like, you, like, basically had had to, like, dodge all these booby traps and, like, find these explosives. And it, it was just, like, most games at this time didn't really give you hints at what to do. But you could kind of figure it out. This game, you could not figure it out. <laughs> like, it was awful. It had the same repetitive loop of music. Which I don't mind if the music is like not bad, but this right. music sucked. Um, I remember renting this game, and I hated it. And it's from like, it was developed by like Ocean, who's actually a pretty dope dev, right? Um, and it was published by Data East and Sunset. Oh wow! For, okay, yeah, that's for, right. Like the and NES, which were fucking great publishers. Yeah, but they like, they, they had they definitely had an arm. That was responsible for getting movie licenses because all of the movie games came out on Data East. Um, they were responsible for the Karate Kid games. Yeah. They did uh, the Rambo games like that. They definitely had a an arm that that did all of that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, Platoon for the NES. Ooh. Um, probably my th- th- that I actually played. Uh, probably the worst game I've ever played. Oh man, oh man. Um, so for me, yeah, I don't think there's any shitty modern game that can compare to the worst of the older games. Oh, hold my beer, bruh. Ooh, okay. Because the worst game I ever played uh, was released in 2015. What? Yes. No way. Yes. I want to hear this. The worst game I've ever played 
uh, was a game that I was really, really excited about. Saw it at E3 uh, of that year. Um, and it was a game from an indie developer. And, I, you know, I really hate to, to do this to them. I won't even name the name of the development studio. But the name of the game is Beyond Eyes. Um, oh yeah, I remember. You. I remember you talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Game, so, um, Beyond Eyes had me intrigued from the from the jump. At E three, there was a uh, a woman. Uh, I I'm not sure if she was a woman of color that was on the stage that was talking. I think she was. Yeah, that you know, but she's there. They were like a, a Swedish company. They're definitely a, you know a European company. Um, uh, but they were talking about this game and, you know, uh, and, and the game was about this little girl who was blind and she goes on this adventure. And one of the things that they sold you on was the fact that because you're blind, you have to use sound. And right. it had this this very, very unique aesthetic where uh, everything was kind of this pastel water colored um, uh, environment. And you didn't know what was in the environment until you kind of went by it because you would just use your sound. And, and yeah, the, the story is basically you find this cat. You're you're this blind girl's like 10 or 11. Uh, you find mm-hmm. this cat and the cat runs away from your house and you're now going off to chase the cat. Um and you're trying to get the cat back and you like you 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 have this adventure on on the way now um this game is essentially a walking simulator and and you know basically what happens is when you hear a sound you 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 think you know what it is until you get there you you that's when you discover what it is and then the watercolor will paint it all in and uh and it, you know it looks beautiful um so uh, this game is a walking simulator. I've played walking simulators before, um, but this was the most boring, <laughs> uh, uh, just uh, like self-involved, um, uh, like overly important piece of crap that I have ever played. Oh um, now, uh, it, man, it like so technically it was fine. Right. It, they they did a great job like a game wasn't fundamentally broken. Um, so like, you know, them painting in the picture and, and the the watercolor aesthetic, all of that stuff worked really, really well. Um, but the story that they tried to tell was horrible. Like this little girl is like 11 years old and she is blind as a bat. But apparently no one gives a shit about her because she just walked out of the house and went on an adventure, blind girl adventure, miles away from her home. Um, Like, who the hell does that? Uh, It's like it was just it was so dumb and boring. Nothing happened. I was like, I went, I played through the whole damn game. I got this stupid cat back and I was pissed off. Like I was still waiting for a thing to happen in that game. It was horrendous, horrendous. Like it was just like, if you're going to make a terrible game, 
let it be bad on so many levels that I can sit and and at least marvel at like how broken it is. This yeah, game this game had the audacity to not even do that. Like it was technically too good for me to just tr- just like enjoy how bad it was. It was yeah. it was oh, it was just the right mix of boring and inept that it's clearly when I think about bad games, it is always and maybe it's because it's the last truly bad game that I played, but it is always at the top of the list when I think about wow. a bad game. I like Yeah, no, no that's something. Yeah, I, I definitely am a firm believer that the worst games today are miles ahead of those really, really like when we think of the old school, like they were really highs, but there were some real fucking lows. Right. And I feel like some of those Atari games, some of those Nintendo games, some of those like Sega Master System games, right. the bad ones were almost unplayable. Like yeah. they were fucking like just atrocious. Yeah. But hey, I, I but uh I, I cannot deny your experience with the Beyond Eyes. Yeah, Beyond Eyes. It is, man, yeah. Because even, like, even old, bad Nintendo games, or even Atari games, if someone said, hey, I've got a ROM, remember this game, it was awful, do you want to play it? You want to play it for a second? I would do that. Mm -hmm. I would rather Steve Gelb nut punch me. Come than, on. Then then play Beyond <laughs> Eyes again. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah. So it is said. Yes. And with that, oh. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 266 of the Spawn on Me podcast. Uh, <laughs> Sharif, if uh, the people want to uh, not nut punch me verbally or nut punch us verbally, <laughs> where can they where can they go to tell us about uh, their experiences with their worst games of all time? Sure. So send your nut punches as well as uh, your worst games. Uh, go to spawnon.me, our website. Uh, we're very active on Twitter, so go to at Spawn on Me on uh, on uh, Twitter. Check out our Facebook page at Spawn on Me, um, and also our audio podcast is available everywhere: Google Play, iTunes, Radio Public, NPR One, all that good stuff. Um, we haven't been streaming on Twitch uh, much lately, but we do plan to restart our Twitch stuff, which will be on Thursdays um, at uh, seven thirty Pacific, nine thirty Central. Um, and our audio show comes out every, every Tuesday on the podcast readers that I mentioned earlier. Um, if you want to level up your bricago um, you can go to our patreon.com slash spawn on me, um, donate as little or as much as you like, and you'll get access to premium posts and our premium podcast spawn on me after dark as well. And if your nut punches cannot fit in a small message, you can send us an, 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 an email at spawn on me podcast at gmail.com oh there you go all right a little casey Kasem at the end i've been practicing all right i love it i love it
Um, yeah, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 266 of the Spawn on Me podcast uh, for the absent but not forgotten Khalif Adams for the nut punchless Sharif Jackson. I am the very angry at Beyond Eyes, Cicero Holmes. We are the Spawn of Me Podcast, episode 266, and we say peace. Peace, y'all.